재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Yes, we are going to get violent and aggressive today talking about some idioms to do with fighting or at war or needing some help in, in dire situations. Mm, them's fighting words <laughs> there. Them, yes. Uh, mayday, mayday. Seems like we got a problem here. Uh, have you ever heard of this before? I usually see this in movies where there's like a radio signal yeah. uh, heading out at war or in any um, difficult situation when they're, when they're met with distress or disasters. Uh, it's basically an international radio distress signal used by, by ships, ships excuse me, and aircrafts as well. So, for example, we can say we sent out a mayday, but unfortunately no one came. Mayday, mayday. We need help. Yeah, exactly. So, this May Day, I wonder what, what that actually, where that actually came from. Well, we actually know May Day, which is May 1st, celebrated <laughs> right. <laughs> in lots of countries. Uh, it's basically a traditional springtime festival or as an international day, you know, honoring workers as well. But also during medieval times, May Day festivities took off in England at the crack of dawn where everyone got together and would go a maying, oh. which is basically gathering flowers and greenery and choosing a maypole as well. But this distress signal mayday has nothing to do with that, <laughs> used by these ships and, and aircrafts. Um, basically, it was just a simple mispronunciation of the French. Hopefully, oh. I don't butcher this, but mm-hmm. it's called um, Venice Mayday. <laughs> Am I am I saying that correctly? Oh, no I idea. I would I, I would I would imagine it sounds closer to May Day. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, it's it, basically Romanized or Englishized. It's Venice M apostrophe Ader Ader, meaning "Come help me." So whenever in a life-threatening emergency, people would plug into a radio distress channel and say "May Day." Mayday, mayday, three times in the name of your boat to tell that they are in danger, plus their location, so people can easily come and help them. All right. Well, pardon your bad French, but this is pardon my English. So right. <laughs> we'll move on to the next one. Meet one's Waterloo. This is one I've known since a kid because of the uh, ABBA song or ABBA song. They had a song called Waterloo. It basically means to uh, encounter one's ultimate obstacle and to be defeated by it. So, for example, you could say uh, the underdog team met their Waterloo in the championship game and was defeated outright. Or I don't see any reasons why, but the boss is being very hard on Kate. It seems like she has finally met her Waterloo. Waterloo. Now, before I tell you, do you, do you, do you know where Waterloo came from? There was like a battle. There yeah, a... the Battle of Waterloo. Yeah. And uh, Ooh, yeah, that right. history is kind of it's it's uh, spelled out in in that ABBA song, uh, Waterloo. Couldn't escape if I wanted to. And rather than going through this word, should I just sing the whole song <laughs> for yes. everyone? An acapella. <laughs> All right. How about not? Uh, to understand this idiom, you should know one important figure. That's Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Bonaparte. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> he, he was a military general, French military general, of course, and he's considered to be one of the greatest military leaders. And he rose to prominence during the French Revolution, uh, led a couple of successful campaigns. However, it was in 1815 of June that uh, the French troop and the emperor, Napoleon Bonaparte, they they met their end at the defeat at the ba- Battle of Waterloo in present-day Belgium. The battle ended... Uh, the centuries of old Anglo-French wars for control over Europe and marked the end of French domination over the continent. So his loss at the Battle of Waterloo was uh, one of his representative failures. Mm-hmm. And therefore, people started to use Waterloo to mean this huge obstacle 
obstacle that becomes your defeat. Isn't that embarrassing? I mean, if he was still alive today, yeah, like his his one actually not his one, but his the biggest failure. People are referring to it as such a big uh, happening. I mean, there's there's two things that come to the top of my mind, and I feel like it's what Napoleon is known for. Mm-hmm. And the first is Waterloo, mm-hmm. not good. It's not your failure. The second is that he was quite short. But he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't? He wasn't. Then why do, why do people say that he's always... People, so his enemies spread rumors that he was sort of oh, short. Oh, okay. So he could be okay. undermined. Those rumors like are that. still being spread today. Still, yeah. how would you feel if you're Napoleon? Rolling in his grave. And then actually that should, everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, all's fair in love and war. Basically, the meaning of this phrase uh, is not is you don't actually have to obey the usual rules about reasonable behavior. So in certain uh, highly charged situations, any method of achieving your objective is justifiable. So for example, you could say, uh, hey, how can you take credit for my idea? I can't believe it. Oh, come on. All is fair in love and war. You so, would do that to me. <laughs> I totally do. All is fair on Tokik. That's what I feel like is coming too. up. Uh, the explanation uh, is kind of unknown. Um, basically, it comes, it comes from uh, a poet uh, John Lyley's novel, Euphuse, uh, The Anatomy of Wit, which was published back in 1579. So the novel recounts the romantic adventures of a wealthy and attractive man, includes the quote, the rules of fair play do not apply in love and in war. And then later on, this sentence got its current form supposedly by uh, an English author by the name of Francis Edward Smedley, who wrote it in his novel. And then it does actually be true you know in love nobody goes by fair play right i mean whoever sees her first isn't the first person who gets her or him even in some cases even if even if there is the significant other who there's countless movies where uh, someone tries to swoop in and make the make the steal and i guess it's all on the basis of all is fair in love and war it Mm -hmm. does sound like a a poem it does sound like something uh very very poetic dramatic and dressed up and yes also, something that sounds very artistic and poetic-ish. That's not a word. Avant-garde. Poetic. Avant-garde is a word, though. Yeah. <laughs> Avant-garde, a word that I never use. And I don't know, maybe it's because I associate it to be something uh, with posh, posh things. Yeah, because people like describe fashion with avant-garde and things like that. And I... People say it, and I, and I like joined in and never really knew the meaning. So you just started using it. <laughs> yes, it is avant-garde. I think it? that's what everyone is. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit avant-garde. Yes, and so is that over there. Oh, yes, that You're is avant-garde right. too. Yeah, like everyone, everyone just <laughs> chimes along. Yeah, chimes All right. on the bandwagon. So basically, it means something new and unusual, or experimental ideas especially in the arts mm-hmm. uh, or the people introducing them. So uh, artists could be an avant-garde artist because they bring in new ideas or bring about changes in art. So, uh, for example, our first collection will combine cutting-edge technology with avant-garde design. This avant-garde approach totally redefine the concept of theater. But then you think about, like, why? what, what does this have to do with, with war or fighting, this avant-garde? Well, let's take a look. Uh, people generally, they think of art when they hear the word avant-garde, but it is one of those French-originated idioms which was made in the military. Uh-huh. So maybe. Thank the French. Yeah. For two two of these expressions. Just two? Mayday. Three. No. What? Waterloo. Waterloo, too. Thank the Fr- are, we, are we taking that one away from Napoleon? <laughs> <laughs> so it's only remembering short. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, three, including avant-garde. So the meaning... 
of the term refers to the advanced guard in English,、oh. which is a group of soldiers that moved ahead in front of other soldiers. So this may relate to how we use to describe、uh, the arts in that avant-garde. You know, people who always seem to pursue something different ahead of their and, time. Yeah, literally advanced.、Uh, Advanced guard. Yeah, look at that.、Uh, four different meanings. Three of them. We have to thank the French for. In any case, that was part of my English. We'll leave you guys with Maury Smith. Here's can't fight the feeling.